Chapters twenty three to twenty eight, Book four, Volume one of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tamaril of Godbox Cafe. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume one, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book four. Chapters twenty three to twenty eight. Chapter twenty three. Sir Knight Pelias, said the damsel of the lake, take your horse and come forth with me out of this country, and ye shall love a lady that shall love you. I will well, said Sir Pelias, for this lady Etard hath done me great despite and shame and there he told her the beginning and ending, and how he had purposed never to have arisen till that he had been dead. And now such grace God hath sent me, that I hate her as much as ever I loved her. Thanked be our Lord Jesus. Thank me, said the damsel of the lake. Anon Sir Pelias armed him, and took his horse, and commanded his men to bring after his pavilions and his stuff where the damsel of the lake would assign. So the lady Etard died for sorrow. And the damsel of the lake rejoiced Sir Pelias, and loved together during their life days. CHAPTER Twenty Four. Now turn we unto Sir Marhouse, that rode with a damsel of thirty winter of age, southward. And so they came into a deep forest, and by fortune they were knighted, and rode long in a deep way. And at the last they came unto a courtelage, and there they asked harbour. But the man of the courtelage would not lodge them, for no treaties that they could treat. But thus much the good man said, and ye will take the adventure of your lodging, I shall bring you where ye shall be lodged. What adventure is that that I shall have for my lodging? said Sir Marhouse. <laughs> ye shall wit when ye come there, said the good man. Sir, what adventure so it be, bring me thither, I pray thee, said Sir Marhouse, for I am weary, my damsel and my horse. So the good man went and opened the gate, and within an hour he brought him unto a fair castle, and then the poor man called the porter, and anon he was let into the castle. And so he told the lord how he brought him a knight-errant, and a damsel that would be lodged with him. "'Let him in,' said the lord. "'It may happen he shall repent that they took their lodging here.' So Sir Marhouse was let in with torchlight, and there was a goodly sight of young men that welcomed him. And then his horse was led into the stable, and he and the damsel were brought into the hall. And there stood a mighty duke and many goodly men about him. Then this lord asked him what he hight, and from whence he came, and with whom he dwelt. Sir, he said, I am a knight of King Arthur's, and knight of the round table, and my name is Sir Marhaus, and born I am in Ireland. And then said the duke to him, That me sore repenteth. The cause is this, for I love not thy lord, 
nor none of thy fellows of the table round, and therefore ease thyself this night as well as thou mayest, for as to morn I and my six sons shall match with you. Is there no remedy but that I must have ado with you and your six sons at once? said Sir Marhaus. No, said the duke, for this cause I made mine a vow. For Sir Gawain slew my seven sons in a recounter, therefore I made mine a vow. There should never knight of King Arthur's court lodge with me, or come thereas I might have ado with him, but that I would have a revenging of my son's death. What is your name? said Sir Marhaus. I require you tell me, and it please you. Wit thou well, I am the Duke of South Marches. Ah, said Sir Marhaus, I have heard say that ye have been long time a great foe unto my lord Arthur and to his knights. That shall ye feel to morn, said the Duke. Shall I have ado with you, said Sir Marhaus? Yea, said the Duke. Thereof shalt thou not choose, and therefore take you to your chamber, and ye shall have all that to you longeth. So Sir Marhaus departed, and was led to a chamber, and his damsel was led unto her chamber. And on the morn the duke sent unto Sir Marhaus, and bade him ready. And so Sir Marhaus arose, and armed him, and then there was a mass sung afore him, and brake his fast, and so mounted on horseback, in the court of the castle where they should do the battle. So there was the duke already on horseback, clean-armed, and his six sons by him. And every had a spear in his hand, and so they encountered, whereas the duke and his two sons brake their spears upon him. But Sir Marhaus held up his spear, and touched none of them. CHAPTER Twenty Five. Then came the four sons by couple, and two of them brake their spears, and so did the other two, and all this while Sir Marhaus touched them not. Then Sir Marhaus ran to the duke, and smote him with his spear, that horse and man fell to the earth. And so he served his sons. And then Sir Marhaus alighted down, and bade the duke yield him, or else he would slay him. And then some of his sons recovered, and would have set upon Sir Marhaus. Then Sir Marhaus said to the duke, Cease thy sons, or else I will do the uttermost to you all. Then the duke saw he might not escape the death. He cried to his sons, and charged them to yield them to Sir Marhaus, and they kneeled all down, and put the pommels of their swords to the knight, and so he received them. And then they helped up their father, and so, by their commonal assent, promised to Sir Marhaus never to be foes unto King Arthur. And thereupon, at Whitsuntide, after to come, he and his sons, and put them in the king's grace. Then Sir Marhaus departed, and within two days his damsel brought him, whereas was a great tournament, that the Lady de Vaussy had cried. And who that did best should have a rich circlet of gold worth a thousand bezants. And there Sir Marhaus did so nobly that he was renowned, and had some time down forty knights. And so the circlet of gold was rewarded him. 
Then he departed from them with great worship. And so, within seven nights, his damsel brought him to an earl's place. His name was the Earl Fergus. That after was Sir Tristram's knight, and this earl was but a young man, and late come into his lands. And there was a giant fast by him that hight Taulord. And he had another brother in Cornwall that hight Taulus, that Sir Tristram slew when he was out of his mind. So this earl made his complaint unto Sir Marhaus, that there was a giant by him that destroyed all his lands, and how he durst nowhere ride nor go for him. Sir, said the knight, whether useth he to fight on horseback or on foot? Nay, said the earl, there may no horse bear him. Well, said Sir Marhaus, then will I fight with him on foot. So on the morn Sir Marhaus prayed the earl that one of his men might bring him whereas the giant was. And so he was, for he saw him sit under a tree of holly, and many clubs of iron and gizarms about him. So this knight dressed him to the giant, putting his shield afore him, and the giant took an iron club in his hand, and at the first stroke he clave Sir Marhaus' shield in two pieces. And there he was in great peril, for the giant was a wily fighter. But at last Sir Marhaus smote off his right arm above the elbow. Then the giant fled and the knight after him, and so he drove him into a water. But the giant was so high that he might not wade after him. And then Sir Marhaus made the Earl Fergus man to fetch him stones, and with those stones the knight gave the giant many sore knocks, till at the last he made him fall down into the water, and so was he there dead. Then Sir Marhaus went unto the giant's castle, and there he delivered twenty-four ladies and twelve knights out of the giant's prison, and there he had great riches without number so that the days of his life he was never a poor man. Then he returned to the Earl Fergus, the which thanked him greatly, and would have given him half his lands, but he would none take. So Sir Marhaus dwelled with the Earl nigh half a year, for he was sore bruised with a giant. And at the last he took his leave, and as he rode by the way, he met with Sir Gawain and Sir Uwain, and so by adventure he met with four knights of Arthur's court. The first was Sir Sagramor, Le Desirus, Sir Osana, Sir Dodinus Le Sauvage, and Sir Fellow of Listinoise. And there Sir Marhaus with one spear smote down these four knights and hurt them sore. So he departed to meet at his day aforeset. Chapter 26 now turn we unto Sir Uwain, that rode westward with his damsel of threescore winter of age. And she brought him thereas was a tournament nigh the march of Wales. And at that tournament Sir Uwain smote down thirty knights. Therefore was given him the prize, and that was a jeer-falcon, and a white steed trapped with cloth of gold. So then Sir Uwain did many strange adventures by the means of the old damsel, and so she brought him to a lady that was called the Lady of the Rock, the which was much courteous. 
So there were in the country two knights that were brethren, and they were called two perilous knights. The one knight, hight Sir Edward of the Red Castle, and the other, Sir Hugh of the Red Castle. And these two brethren had disherited the Lady of the Rock of a barony of lands by their extortion. And as this knight was lodged with this lady, she made her complaint to him of these two knights. Madam, said Sir Uwain, they are to blame, for they do against the high order of knighthood and the oath that they made. And if it like you, I will speak with them, because I am a knight of King Arthur's, and I will entreat them with fairness, and if they will not, I shall do battle with them, and in the defence of your right. Gramercy, said the lady, and thereas I may not acquit you, God shall. So on the morn the two knights were sent for, that they should come thither to speak with the Lady of the Rock. And wit ye well they failed not, for they came with an hundred horse. But when this lady saw them in this manner so big, she would not suffer Sir Uwain to go out to them upon no surety, nor for no fair language, but she made him speak with them over a tower. But finally these two brethren would not be entreated, and answered that they would keep that they had. Well, said Sir Uwain, then will I fight with one of you, and prove that you do this lady wrong. That will we not, said they, for an we do battle, we two will fight with one knight at once, and therefore, if ye will fight so, we will be ready at what hour ye will assign. And if ye win us in battle, the lady shall have her lands again. Ye say well, said Sir Uwain. Therefore make you ready, so that ye be here to mourn, in the defence of the lady's right. Chapter 27 So was there sickerness made on both parties, that no treason should be wrought on neither party. So then the knights departed, and made them ready, and that night Sir Uwain had great cheer. And on the morn he arose early, and heard mass, and brake his fast, and so he rode under the plain without the gates, where hoved the two brethren abiding him. So they rode together passing sore, that Sir Edward and Sir Hugh brake their spears upon Sir Uwain. And Sir Uwain smote Sir Edward, that he fell over his horse, and yet his spear brast not. And then he spurred his horse, and came upon Sir Hugh, and overthrew him. But they soon recovered, and dressed their shields, and drew their swords, and bade Sir Uwain alight and do his battle to the uttermost. Then Sir Uwain devoided his horse suddenly, and put his shield afore him, and drew his sword, and so they dressed together. And either gave other such strokes, and there these two brethren wounded Sir Uwain, passing grievously, that the Lady of the Rock weaned he should have died. And thus they fought together five hours as men raged out of reason, and at the last Sir Uwain smote Sir Edward upon the helm such a stroke that his sword carved unto his canal bone, and then Sir Hugh abated his courage. But Sir Uwain pressed fast to have slain him. That saw Sir Hugh. He kneeled down and yielded him to Sir Uwain, and he of his gentleness received his sword, and took him by the hand and went into the castle together. Then the Lady of the Rock was passing glad, 
and the other brother made great sorrow for his brother's death. Then the lady was restored of all her lands, and Sir Hugh was commanded to be at the court of King Arthur at the next feast of Pentecost. So Sir Uwain dwelt with a lady nigh half a year, for it was long, or he might be whole of his great hurts. And so when it drew nigh, the term-day that Sir Gawain, Sir Marhaus, and Sir Uwain should meet at the crossway, then every knight drew him thither to hold his promise that they had made. And Sir Marhaus and Sir Uwain brought their damsels with them. But Sir Gawain had lost his damsel, as it is afore rehearsed. Chapter 28 Right so, at the twelve months' end, they met all three knights at the fountain and their damsels. But the damsel that Sir Gawain had could say but little worship of him, so they departed from the damsels and rode through a great forest, and there they met with a messenger that came from King Arthur, that had sought them well nigh a twelve-month throughout all England, Wales, and Scotland and charged, if ever he might find Sir Gawain and Sir Uwain, to bring them to the court again. And then were they all glad, and so prayed they Sir Marhaus to ride with them to the king's court. And so within twelve days they came to Camelot, and the king was passing glad of their coming. And so was all the court. Then the king made them to swear upon a book to tell him all their adventures that had befallen them that twelve-month. And so they did. And there was Sir Marhaus well known, for there were knights that he had matched aforetime, and he was named one of the best knights living. Against the feast of Pentecost came the damsel of the lake, and brought with her Sir Pelias, and at that high feast there was great jousting of knights, and of all knights that were at that jousts, Sir Pelias had the prize, and Sir Marhaus was named the next. But Sir Pelias was so strong, there might but few knights sit him a buffet with a spear. And at that next feast Sir Pelias and Sir Marhaus were made knights of the table round, for there were two sieges void, for two knights were slain that twelve-month. And great joy had King Arthur of Sir Pelias and of Sir Marhaus. But Pelias loved never after Sir Gawain, but as he spared him for the love of King Arthur. But oft times at jousts and tournaments Sir Pelias quit Sir Gawain, for so it rehearseth in the Book of French. So Sir Tristram many days after fought with Sir Marhaus in an island, and there they did a great battle. But at the last Sir Tristram slew him. So Sir Tristram was wounded, that uneth he might recover, and lay at a nunnery half a year. And Sir Pelias was a worshipful knight, and was one of the four that achieved the Sangreal. And the damsel of the lake, made by her means that never he had ado with Sir Launcelot de Lake, for where Sir Launcelot was at any jousts or any tournament, she would not suffer him be there that day but if it were on the side of Sir Launcelot. Explicit liber quartus, incipit liber quintus. End of Book 4, Chapters 23 to 28. Recorded by Tamaril of Godbox Cafe.